Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Joining me on the podcast today is a friend of mine, Jessica Nichols. She's a licensed professional counselor and also a certified personal trainer. She is sort of a generalist, so she sees a wide array of clients, but she really enjoys working with teens, adults, and couples. Her focus really is on a whole health approach. So a lot of times she's talking about things like building emotional intelligence and communication effectiveness lifestyle modification, and resiliency skills. So today, as part of World Sexual Health Month, I asked her, you know, a lot about what she, as a therapist, thinks sexual health really means. And we talked about the impacts of sexual illiteracy, uh, especially in young adults and how that's playing out in marriages. I'm so glad to have her on. She's definitely a sex-positive therapist. There's a time for coaching, there's a time for therapy, so I was really glad to have her on to give some insight into, you know, when it's time to see someone like her and maybe when it's time to see someone like myself. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So today I'm joined by Jessica Nichols. She is a friend of mine and a colleague. Um, I office at Resolve Counseling and Wellness a day a week, and that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of stuff together with Dr. Michelle Robbins Wellness Consortium here in town, too. That's right. So I'm glad to have you on today to talk about a wide array of topics, with it being World Sexual Health Month. I mean, we'll talk somewhat about that, but I want to talk about relationships as well and kind of how... Uh, just how everything kind of ties together there with some of the things that, that you focus on. Excellent. So tell my audience a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I meet with people in a therapeutic setting at Resolve Counseling. As you mentioned, I see teens, adults, and couples, and see a variety of mental wellness issues as far as anxiety, depression, substance use, Sexual identity, uh, relationship issues is a is a popular one right now, mm-hmm. um, but a variety of things. I find myself an expert on curiosity. Ah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So when it comes to relationships, tell me a little bit more about some of the things that you're seeing lately. Yeah. So relationships, I see between parent and child. I see them specifically more around couples and so a lot of my couples are married couples that identify as female and male and a lot of their issues center around connectivity and communication and you know what is interesting right now is I'm seeing a lot of younger couples and not in the sense of their age but in their relationship Mm -hmm. so less than 10 years together Mm -hmm. um and then on the flip side, I see some couples that have been together over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so just whether it's life transitions or getting kind of away from their core beliefs and values because of whatever reason, they mm-hmm. have 
reached out to therapy, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And you say that's something that you really focus on is helping people mm-hmm. kind of identify and understand their core beliefs Correct. and values. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I think that's a grounding philosophy of mine and that guides my work with them is really getting back to what their core beliefs and values are rather than what their goals are in their relationship. Because you can want, you know, a nice house and a job that makes great money and kids, but are you willing to give up your core values to attain Mm, those goals? mm. And so sometimes the goals that we set get us away from living a value-based life. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So what are some of the things that you do to help people really identify those values? I think the awesome thing about therapy is it allows that one hour a week for them to slow down and get out of their environment. So even just providing that is a benefit for couples. But one of the exercises that we do is going home. I give them a big value list and they go through them. They do a multiple time check through of the list of what values resonate with them. And then they have to narrow it down to top five values Mm -hmm. and then discuss what do those values mean. And then the couples bring the values together and we communicate, you know, which values each partner identified with and dig deeper into what those mean and how their lives currently reflect them in each area of their life, in their health and their finances and their job and their relationships and, you know, how close are they to the center of like a bullseye mm-hmm. and then what work can we do to get them closer gotcha mm-hmm. so to put you on the spot here how much do you actually talk about like the sexual relationship between couples yeah I get you know I start from a place of genuine curiosity because I don't know what their education is their experience their trauma uh, the emotions that are connected so mm-hmm. I do I ask that question and based on the feedback that's what guides me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it comes up in a variety of ways, usually intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so, again, communication is something I like to focus on. So usually definitions around intimacy are something that we have to define. So mm-hmm. what do you find intimate and what's intimacy to you? And depending on where they are in their stage of life, you know, with young kids, mm-hmm. intimacy might just be, I want them to listen to me. Or um, if they are in a different stage of life, it might be, I want them to not only listen to me, but I want sex this many times a week or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and so I just get really curious because, again, I think there's been, there's a lot of sexual illiteracy mm-hmm. out there. I think that there's, I mean, a number of things around sex, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sexual illiteracy is something that uh, I find a lot, mm-hmm. and that's often why people are reaching out to me, because they they had an experience and realized that maybe they don't really uh, understand what's going on, right. or um, what feelings they're experiencing, mm-hmm. um, or why they like a certain kink or fetish, so yeah, um, yeah. It, it doesn't shock me anymore how many people really don't understand their own bodies, let alone their partner's bodies, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you probably hear this, you know, the biggest sex organ is between our ears, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's where emotions are fired off, and so mm-hmm. if we are, if we don't have a high emotional intelligence, 
my guess is that there's probably going to be a low sexual literacy yeah. as well. Because there's not high emotional intelligence. There's not great communication. Mm-hmm. And my favorite sex therapist and podcaster is Dr. Emily Morse. And she says communication is lubrication. Mm. Oh, that's funny. I'll use that. Yeah, <laughs> use it totally. Because if you can get people to the point where they're actually talking about their wants, their desires, mm-hmm. their fantasies, totally. what they liked about last week's experience with their partner, all those things, then yeah, yeah. yeah, it helps facilitate more intimacy and a better sexual connection. Yeah. And I think, you know, with my health background, I mean, this could be anybody and everybody should have a health awareness mm-hmm. is just that piece around the biology and the anatomy and not assuming something is wrong with you without mm-hmm getting a checkup or going to the doctor and um, not jumping to those shaming beliefs of mm-hmm. if I can't have an erection, then I'm not a man. Yeah. Well, let's, let's figure that out. You know, when did you, when was the last time you went to the doctor, got blood work, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so there can be all sorts of reasons why a man's struggling with his erection. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There is a lot of shame around it. So I'm glad to hear a therapist like you is helping minimize the shame because, I mean, you're younger, and I'm not trying to be judgy of therapists here, but, I mean, I've had therapists myself. Mm -hmm. I was going to – I may still become a therapist, but I may Mm -hmm. still focus on, like, the coaching aspect. But um, there's a lot of, especially older therapists out there, who are not checking their beliefs at the door. Mm -hmm. They're not checking their personal value structures at the door, and then it's coming into sessions. And, I mean, I'm even hearing that from clients that um, not everyone out there is doing their best to help people minimize their shame. Sure. There are some practitioners, again, they'll they'll weed themselves out with age, (laughs) but um, definitely have had some clients who've had some negative experiences and felt like more shame after they left the therapist's office. Yeah. So I think that our, our culture and our society is becoming more sex positive and more aware. Um, we're kind of educating ourselves now because mm-hmm. of the internet, which actually can be kind of a good thing. Sure. There's positives and negatives to that. But, um, yeah, I think that our society is evolving quite a bit. Um, I think part of that, I had this discussion last week um, on my last show, was about um, people becoming more trauma-informed mm-hmm. and understanding really what constitutes trauma and how that can then play out in your body and in your relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think being trauma-informed is crucial in every aspect especially sex because the last thing somebody who has experienced trauma is doesn't want to chatterbox they don't want to have somebody coming at them with what to do what do they know they just they want that genuine curiosity and non-judgment space so that Mm -hmm. they can freely share um but yeah I think I think you're right I think the internet is important and it I'm a big advocate of therapy, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a great space, especially with my teens, to come in and have somebody that they can say things that won't get them grounded Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, um, I don't know, just, again, curiosity and ask questions. And they are brilliant. My teenagers are brilliant and educate me every day. And so I'm grateful for for that as well sometimes people just need time to like get something off their chest even if it's just a fleeting thought mm-hmm. or something that they would never follow through with they just want to say it and then once they say it they can let it go yeah so yeah, yeah therapy is a good space for that 
and I'm very encouraging of people to go to therapy. I'm not always the best fit for them. So, sure. you know, I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again on here. I, as a coach, I don't help people with trauma. I don't mm -hmm. help people with deep seated anger, mm -hmm. things like that. That is what a therapist is for. Sure. Uh, whether that means we work together at the same time or they need to go deal with some things first and then come back and see me. But, yeah. um, yeah. you know, there's a time and a place for dealing with that. And that is in therapy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. can I ask, what are some of the, are you seeing any reoccurrent themes in these? You're talking about these marriages that are younger as far as like, you know, the five to 10 year mark mm -hmm. and more and more younger mm -hmm. couples are coming in. What do you think is the impetus to them coming in sooner rather than later? I think it's a culmination of things. I think that therapy is becoming more accepted, though there's a lot of validating I do in session that nothing is wrong with you. You guys are awesome for being here. This is a great step forward. Um, but I do think that there is some normalizing of therapy, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's one of the big things. Why, I, I guess, are you asking why are they coming in at five years? Like, like, oh, wow, something isn't happening that early. Like, do you think that they're coming in before things get too bad, like, or, or too severe? Or do you see that those couples still have the severe problems? They're just, again, if you've been married for 25 years, maybe your issues are different than someone who's been married for 10. Mm -hmm. But like, and I'm not trying to say like one thing matters more than the other, but are they kind of the same things? It's just that some people take longer to deal with them or are they different issues that people are coming in with? That is a great question. I think that they are very much the similar issues, but these people have been dealing with them for maybe 25 years. Gotcha. Okay. So these younger marriages, they're just kind of coming in for the same things. Just they're actually dealing with it sooner. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. I think, yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Um, but I do think that there, gosh, with kids, I get it because it's like a time warp. <laughs> and so I think you have this early on marriage and then if you end up having kids or, you know, a very demanding job or you're chasing specific career goals, that could be a, a time warp, but that's a whole different thought. <laughs> Let's keep talking about sex. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So again, with it being World Sexual Health Month, I'm curious, what does sexual health mean to you as a therapist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think sexual health encompasses a number of things, and I think it's very dependent on stage of life, age, access, and all the other health components, whether it's physical or mental health. But I think a somebody who is positively healthy sexually has a good foundation of knowledge, mm -hmm. understands their place as far as equity and relationships, um, and that they are benefiting it in a very healthy, positive way. Okay. <laughs> I can re-explain that. Let me see if I made notes about that. I think that sexual health is grounded in a good knowledge about sex. So a solid sexual education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's somebody who has great self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Like understands their body and understands what, their what they body. want, their desires. Absolutely. 
anything from not only just intercourse, but their desires, their fantasies in the health piece of what is it, what's happening with my menstruation mm-hmm. or my cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also it comes back to relationships, social norms and equity. Like what's my role? Can I have positive relationships with other people and consent? All of those things. Well, I mean, sexual health, that I think is a great definition because it is very broad. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's, there's so many components to people being healthy. And, you know, you talk about women and it's important for men to understand what's going on with their pelvic floor too. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's um, understanding that when pain is something that's leading and pain is when something they need to get looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, people often forget too about like urinary and like bladder and bowel issues I had a pelvic floor therapist on recently who helped me understand a lot more about how that relates to sexual health too. Awesome. So sometimes it's not just about relationally how you're relating to other people. It's just, yeah, your own body and knowing everything about yourself and how it works. Right. But I really feel like our, I don't know what kind of sex education you got, mm-hmm. but I know my school district failed me. Sure. So what was your experience like with sex education through elementary and middle and high school? Yeah. So I remember in middle school doing, you know, like the coloring pages of the female anatomy and the male anatomy. Like the internal anatomy? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I think as early as fifth grade, talking about our menstrual cycles and mm-hmm. getting the deodorant and the tampons. <laughs> yep. Um, but I don't. I remember also in high school, that's when the internet became pretty prevalent, Mm -hmm. Googling um, then STDs, now STIs, Mm -hmm. but I remember the health teacher getting in trouble for that. Uh, But yeah, so it was, I mean, it was definitely given through a very much a biology lens. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was any component that I remember about relationships or consent or emotions or potential dysfunctions and health and orgasms and masturbation. I don't think any of that was, I know none of that was involved. Yeah. And then, you know, with my parents, I remember high school is when my mom really chatted with me and she was just like, Jessica, sex in relationships will make it really hard and complicated (laughs) (laughs) which is true which is true absolutely but But like i need more than that mom i cry enough you're you're still gonna have to learn to navigate those waters right right yeah so i i think that's what a lot of parents did is more of the like just avoid it Mm -hmm. just avoid it delay Mm -hmm. it or avoid it Mm -hmm. rather than learn the tools necessary yeah to be successful my best sex education was when i was in my 20s and i went to one of those passion parties oh and they brought out the vibrators Mm -hmm. oh god it was so good and just like normalized masturbation and normalized um body parts and yeah that was really great um passions is now owned by pure romance but both of them were all about like sexual health yeah. That was their approach for that is their approach for their parties is yeah. first and foremost teach people about their bodies. Yep. So well I'm glad that you got that, even if it was just from a, a dildo saleswoman. Oh, it was so good. She brought us in the back bedroom and we could ask all our curious questions. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually had a pure romance consultant on my show a couple of well, like last month I think it was. Yeah. And I was I've only been to one and I do recall it being very much that like we're educating you. We're not mm-hmm. just talking about like how to 
get your guy off. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about like, go do these things to pleasure somebody else. Yeah. It was all about learning to um, understand your body and get self-pleasure. Yeah. If yeah. he happened or she happened to be in the room with you, fine. Yeah. But it was more about, you know, right. you. Yeah. So what do you think for you as a woman, what does sexual health mean? I think, again, it varies with age and where life stage. And so um, kind of where I'm at right now as a mom of a toddler and a newborn, for me, it's making sure I'm recovering Mm -hmm. in a healthy way from being pregnant. So making sure that my postpartum recovery is healthy mm-hmm. and because that's a real thing mm-hmm. postpartum depression yeah postpartum had, depression had some friends had some clients experience that a sure. lot of probably what you talked about with your pelvic floor therapist and and then as far as how it extends to my relationships making sure that the connectivity is there with my husband and I think the biggest issue we have is fatigue mm-hmm. and so my body tells me I'm exhausted. And so, um, you know, I know the things that I need to do to make sure that I feel healthy. And uh, and sometimes it's like, do I exercise? Do I have sex with my husband? Do I masturbate? Like, mm, actually, I'm just going to nap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. And to remind myself that it's a temporary stage of life that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something that a lot of couples or even I've even had some single moms, mm-hmm. you know, share mm-hmm. with me that they want to be with their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just fighting all the things. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's going through that yourself and as someone who works with couples mm-hmm. going through the same thing, what are the things that you help people really? Because I know what I tell people, but what do you tell people to do to keep the intimacy alive when they're going through this time period of small children in the house, Mm. having so many things to juggle, having the fatigue, all the things? What do you tell parents in those situations to keep the intimacy going? I try and validate. Again, it's hard to think that this isn't eternity. (laughs) Like there is there's an end point where your baby won't be in your room or they'll sleep through the night or schedules will be different I also talk about intimacy in a wider spectrum Mm -hmm. than just intercourse yes yes (laughs) and so I think it goes back again like the sexual organ between your ears how are you connecting emotionally are you listening are you not constantly in a defensive state and then like the other big sex organ is our skin so Mm -hmm. are you touching are you rubbing backs are you holding hands are you giving hugs those Mm -hmm. kind of things yes yay good i'm giving the same advice then (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely those things are so important um i i think that you're right so many people get stuck in the rut of feeling like actual intercourse Mm -hmm. is the only way for them to express themselves in a sexual manner or Mm -hmm. in an intimate manner Mm -hmm. um, to show their partner they care that they care about them and getting people to realize that there's so many things between you're here and I'm here and sex. Yeah, like there's a yeah. whole spectrum of things that you can do. Yeah. Um, getting people reconnected with their own bodies can be an important part of that too. Sure. Um, so that they can then show their partner, what are some of the ways you can touch me mm-hmm. that still feel really, really good to me? Yeah. Um, you know, how do you like to be cuddled? You know, doing some of those exercises with couples where it's like, take sex off the table for a little bit 
and re-explore right. everything up into that. Yeah. I think body image is another big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, with 99% of people. Mm-hmm. And so working through some of that is definitely challenging. Mm-hmm. And that's just coming from not only what I see with my clients, my friends, but personally as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and as a certified personal trainer, mm. you know, that's something you can kind of help people with too there. But, um, I mean, I've, I've struggled with my body image. I know a lot of my clients struggle with their body mm-hmm. image. And of course for moms, new moms, mm-hmm. young moms, especially mm-hmm. if that's a big thing. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of women, especially, and I mean, there are men too. Um, but women that struggle with the I say you're kicking your can of happiness down the street when you say, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I fit in this size pant. I'll be happy when I'm at this weight. So how do you help redirect people to let some of that go? Feeling like accomplishing the goal will make me happy. Hmm. You know, because you and I both know it's not the goal, accomplishing Mm -hmm. the goal. It's not like you wake up the day you hit your goal weight and you're suddenly happy. It's just, just not how it works. I think that's a challenging question because you're fighting against so many messages that have been fed to you since infancy. Mm -hmm. And so letting go of those messages might not be something that you can accomplish, but not fusing to those messages and creating space between those reoccurring thoughts and, and knowing Mm self-acceptance. But sometimes it, sometimes we do have to get to the why. Mm-hmm. What what do you not like about yourself when you look in the mirror and really, really diffuse from those strong messages that are not only been playing in your head for years, but are constantly thrown at you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gave up cable TV uh, a couple of years ago, and I've said that I think that two things have changed dramatically for me. Mm-hmm. I am not as much of a consumer. Like, I'm not going out and buying as much things, especially, like, fast food and just, like, cheap products. Mm. Um, but I feel a lot better about my self-esteem. Yeah. And I think it's because I'm not seeing all those images on TV of, of uh, you know, half-naked women that the media is telling me I'm supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, those women are gorgeous, but I'm never going to look like them. Sure. You know, 95% of us won't ever. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe it was the subconscious, all that messaging that I was getting that I'm no longer receiving mm. that have really helped me just kind of detach from yeah. a lot of society standards over the last couple of years. Sounds like a great boundary. I've had a long weight loss journey. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think that was something that was really, really helpful. Not everybody can get away from cable TV cause mm-hmm. they're, you know, they don't want to live without it or their partner mm-hmm. doesn't want to live without it. But mm-hmm. there's just so much out there right now that I think we don't recognize as influencing our thoughts and our behaviors every yeah. single day. I think the media is a big part of that. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. Especially around sex. Mm-hmm. And if, and it's, the internet is a, is a good place and it's also a toilet bowl. So. It, yes, it is. There's some great resources out there for people to find factual information, especially teens these days. If they aren't getting the sex education at school that they need or deserve and they're not getting it from their parents, there are great resources out there for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes kids aren't finding those. And sure. they're turning to things like porn and, um, mm-hmm. you know, fetish websites mm-hmm. or just, you know, mm-hmm. things that adults can decipher mm-hmm. that information once they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. But teens, it can really skew their view. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. have you ever been to scarletteen.com? I'm not. It's a really good website for both parents and teens to go to. Okay. Um, it's a 
it's an informational resource. So for those parents who might not want to go to, there's PlannedParenthood.org, obviously, too, which has a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's probably people who might be, who might not want their kids to go to PlannedParenthood.org, which I, that's fine. That's their opinion. Yeah. Scarlet is a good resource for those, those people. But it's everything from, again, the biology of how periods work mm-hmm. um, to gender identity issues, mm. um, bisexuality, mm-hmm. masturbation, all of it. Yeah. If, if you have a question about it or your kid comes to you with a question about right. it, and there's things that are age appropriate, whether your kid is five years old or 15 years old, there's sexual health information that you need to be giving to a five-year-old. Okay. Sounds so, like a great resource. Yeah. T- check that one out. Yeah. That brings up um, something that kind of hit me from my last podcast guest. She was talking about how important it is for kids to get sexual health information that's appropriate for them so that they can have boundaries and they understand their bodies. Otherwise, sometimes kids can fall victim to abuse. Sure. When they don't know, like, oh, that's my vagina or that's my vulva, and mm-hmm. that's not something that somebody else should be touching. Right. So. Yeah, I see that as a young mom, and from just a sexual health, you need to start at infancy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. when they're having orgasms already and so talking to my two-year-old about body labeling and asking and all of the things I find very important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like who who it's okay to say yes and no to for a hug that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and I take you probably call it like vulva and or vagina or anus or Mm -hmm. god yay high five for that one actually no I use tushy tushy okay well (laughs) Well, if you're talking about her, you know, butt cheeks, that's yes. one thing, but anus. I hear what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Good. But hey, you're, you're pretty dang close. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two gold stars for that anyway. Like I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but what do you see in practice amongst like your clients, both women and men when it comes to relationships and sexuality? Like again, any like recurring themes or trends that you're seeing? Yeah. I think something that I see as a reoccurrence within people I work with and friends is a lack of knowledge and I think with the more acceptance of whether it's gender expression gender identity sexual identity is the lack of resources Mm. and places for parents or kids to get curious and just understanding that it is a spectrum and not a box that Mm -hmm. is also something that I'm seeing more and more of and it's exciting Mm -hmm. but it's also pretty scary that um we don't have as much resource whether it's LGBTQIA plus practitioners um not only from a therapist standpoint but doctors Mm -hmm. and so that is something that I hope continues and people get more competent in mm-hmm. yeah I'm trying to think about how to ask this how do you as a therapist get out there and kind of educate yourself because the thing about being a therapist like you say being a generalist mm-hmm. is that's you know you help a broad range of people but mm-hmm. in order to really you have to make the conscious effort as a therapist to go out and continue your education in order to get some more of the, like the sexual health Mm -hmm. education or the LGBTQ 
anything with sex therapy, you've got to go spend more time and money and effort to mm-hmm. do. So a lot of therapists don't do it. So what it really is out there for, for you in your field to help you kind of get more of that expertise in sexual health and well-being? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that's a great point that can go across many different components, but specific to sex. You know, I'm grounded in curiosity and non-judgment. And so that's the first thing. And so if somebody brings something up that I have not heard of um, or needs resources, then I always have a student mindset of, okay, I need to go figure this out. And so I think there's, you know, lots of communities within therapists that we can ask questions and people have Mm -hmm. specialized. And so then we can go with consent of our clients, consult with those people. Mm. We can go to continuing ed, which we have to already mm-hmm. have a, a bunch of those. And so we can choose the direction of that. There are different certification courses mm-hmm. that we can specialize in. And then there's a plethora of podcasts and YouTube videos and books of people who have dedicated their careers to it. So. Mm-hmm listening gotcha are you familiar with esther perel yes i love her yeah i love her i want to be her one day okay she's a sex therapist she's actually from europe okay um but she's kind of like you know what dr ruth used to be in Mm -hmm. popularity Mm -hmm. like that's where esther perel is kind of like getting to that point okay so she's fantastic but i mean i um i always tell my my clients or people who reach out to me who again maybe aren't ready for coaching Mm -hmm. that they really should find somebody who you know and it may take a couple of visits it may it's kind of like just going to I don't know find your favorite hair salon you may need to go and just have an appointment and check them out Mm -hmm. um you don't have to settle for the first therapist you find but if your issues are around your sexuality it really is important to find somebody that's like you that's Mm -hmm. curious curiosity minded who comes from a place of no judgment Mm -hmm. um because that's, that's really key for people to feel safe in talking about their sexual issues yeah. is that they've got to feel like they're going to be able to lay it all out on the table and you're not going to bat an eye at what they have to say. Yes. So I'm glad that someone like yourself's out there yes. helping people in that world. Because, yes. yeah, we need, we need, could we replicate you? Can we just make <laughs> like 20 of you? What are some of the other issues that you're maybe seeing with them? So some of the issues, I think we already touched on body image Mm -hmm. and sexual trauma and interpersonal conflict. So if the relationship isn't going well in a variety of ways, most likely the sexual relationship isn't going well. Yeah. Yeah. I told about my personal relationship with fatigue, lack of knowledge, media, and comparing. I think the Mm, probably number Mm -hmm. one thing Googled is what's the normal amount Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think we've touched on I like that. What's normal? I get asked that a lot. Yeah. Am I normal? Yeah. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. Is that right? Uh huh. I think comparison's a thief. Um, Brene Brown, right? Somebody. I think it is. I think, yeah, I think it is a Brene Brown. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And so validating you are a unique human and you are exactly who you need to be and it's okay if your right testicle is bigger or if one boob is smaller Mm -hmm. or you didn't get the same size of boobs as your sister or Mm -hmm. 
you only have sex once a month or you don't feel like masturbating or all of these things it's okay let's that's that's who you are it's all good yeah everything's gonna be all right mm-hmm. yep well so you again it was part of resolve you have helped put together this pretty cool event this is the third year third year cool mm-hmm. so there's this event coming up for people that are in our field, which Correct. is kind of the, the caretaking fields, the mm-hmm. therapists, the teachers, the nurses, male or female, but it's called Care For You Too. Can you tell us a little bit more about this event coming up? What First off, when when is it? So Care For You Too is October 25th. That's mm-hmm. a Friday, and it's 9 to 3.30. Okay. And it's exactly what you said. It's for helping professionals, people who spend the majority of their time helping others Mm -hmm. and so this is a day dedicated to them to come learn spend time on themselves not necessarily doing the fun things like getting your hair done Uh your nails done but building emotional intelligence learning effective communication spending time understanding healing creating effective boundaries all the things that are hard but Mm -hmm. make us feel better Mm -hmm. we're gonna spend a whole day doing that so i'm really excited for our speaker lineup our sponsors Mm -hmm. and eating lunch and networking yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. one of my favorite people is the keynote if i recall correctly dr allison edwards yes yeah so what's what's her topic going to be about so dr allison edwards is a primary care physician Mm -hmm. who does direct primary care and she is very grounded in evidence and I'm hopeful that she will be covering just what we were talking about today things that people should know that probably they don't know and Mm -hmm. so what does health mean and how can you get that from your doctor Mm -hmm. and then we have another keynote Dr. Nikki Crawford with your peaceful space yes Mm -hmm. she's going to be talking about universal well-being and so I'm grateful for her to talk she's going to be talking about all things greater than a self-care wheel. And then we have some exciting therapists in the space that are be talking about communication and grieving and relationships mm-hmm. and mind-body connection. So I think it'll be a really fun day. Yeah, and you'll have some vendors. I'll be a vendor there. I'll just have yes. a little booth there to mm-hmm. talk to people about um, sexual health and well-being. Awesome. So glad to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, participated in Care For You too last year, and it was a really well-attended event. And yes. it sold out last year i believe so yeah so i I did want to give you the opportunity to give a little plug because anybody that's listening out there right now because i do have a lot of people in this space that listen and want to give you all a chance to to know about this event because it is it's a really it's a good day it's a good day full of um just learning and positivity and again caretakers Mm -hmm. are usually the last ones to take care of themselves um, having worked in the weight loss industry, a majority of my clients were nurses and teachers mm. uh, and people who were somehow out there like in the service industry. Sure. You know, yeah. especially nurses. Gosh, they're unfortunately one of the last ones to take care of themselves. Yeah. And early bird prices till the end of September. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they can go to Resolve's go website. To, yep. KCResolve.com. Care for you too. And they can register there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. So if people wanted to get a hold of you, whether it's to 
follow you on social media and see all your lovely positive <laughs> stuff you put out there <laughs> or they want to follow Resolve. Like how do people get a hold of you? CaseyResolve.com about and go to Jessica Nichols. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Resolve Counseling. And my phone number and my email are all on the website as well. So you can get directly in contact with me. Very good. I did go to a uh, event this last week and the speaker was very public. I mean, she's to everyone in the room. She's like, my friend Jessica. <laughs> yeah. No, so. I, I love advocates of therapy. Yeah, absolutely. She, and she was very much in that room talking about how, you know, those are, those are marketing experts there. I, I kind of go cause I do my own marketing, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of depression amongst people who are in that industry yeah. and it can really cripple them when it comes to getting their work accomplished. Sure. So she was a very outspoken advocate for take care of your shit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure that you are taking care of you mm-hmm. and, um, then get out there and do your best work. Awesome. So yay. We need, we need more mental health advocates like her out there and you. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. I'm and glad, you. yeah, I'm glad we're all out there doing our things. Yes. So, well, Again, thank you so much for joining me to talk a little bit more about sexual health for World Sexual Health Month and a little bit about care for you, too. And yes, uh, you're me. welcome back on the show anytime. Yay. You got such a good voice. <laughs> you're so, so soothing. You're so soothing. I'm sending this to my mom. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.